0: My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Hey, welcome. My name's Michael Patterson, and tonight I will be hosting tonight's episode of My Life Now. Great to be back. I had a great weekend. Went down to my brother and sister-in-law's ranch this weekend. We had a branding, and it was just a great weekend Played some kickball with the nephews and nieces. Uh, Good family time, and now I'm back to work. Back with you all. Here we go. So, tonight when I say my life now, what I mean is what I'm reading right now in my life. And right now I'm reading two books, and they're fantastic. Uh, The first book I'm going to talk about later on, it's it's a series, it's the fifth and final book in this fantasy series that I think is absolutely phenomenal. In fact, it's one of my top three fantasy series ever, and that's saying something, folks, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a fantasy nerd, I read fantasy books, I eat them up, (laughs) devour them, and uh, this is up there with one of my favorites, and the second book I'm going to talk about today, it's in a completely different genre, Um, you'll see what I'm talking about later, but completely different genre, it's been a book that I've been meaning to read for years, maybe like a decade, I just never got around to it. It's If you look up uh, top 100 books every American should read, it's going to pop up in probably every one of them, and it's going to be towards the top. And so I finally opened it up. I'm only about 20 pages in, but I'll tell you what, it it's totally captured my attention. Absolutely right off the bat captured my attention. I love the word choice, the vocabulary. I love the message. I just love the values that it shows you'll see what i'm talking about but these two books are the first one is called the burning white and it is the fifth and final book in the Lightbringer series by brent weeks and the second book is rough riders by president theodore roosevelt so we're going to jump right into that as soon as we get back from this commercial break let me tell you what gives me courage let me tell you what inspires me Let me tell you what lifts me up and reminds me of my purpose. Jesus Christ, his word and his people. I love to hear how Jesus has worked in the lives of others and how he continues to work in them for his glory and his goodness. And that's what I get when I listen to Faith and Family Fellowship. Faith and Family Fellowship is a podcast that delivers hope and inspiration through interviews with authors, technology developers, founders of charities, online content creators, and many more. Regular people who are seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness so when i look for that extra spark of motivation when i'm seeking more stories of the goodness of god a place i tune in for daily uplifting is faith and family fellowship a christ-centered podcast subscribe to faith and family fellowship today on every major podcast platform all right welcome back so let's dive right in the first book I'm going to talk about is The Burning White by Brent Weeks. And that's the fifth and final book of the Lightbringer series. And like I said earlier, this, this series is tremendous. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of fantasy books. Like, I love fantasy books. I told you that earlier. I am a, I'm a nut about them. You bring me sword fighting. You bring me magic. You bring me integrity and bravery and courage and espionage and everything that comes with a good fantasy book, and I'm game. But let's say that genre doesn't appeal to you. Let me tell you right now, this book, this series will. My wife's read it. She's not a fantasy nut. My sister in law is currently reading it. She's not a fantasy nut, uh, nor are the countless other friends of mine that I've had read it or my wife's friends that have read it. And every single one of them that has read this series loves it, raves about it give it a shot. So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about it. Now, I started reading this book about two, three weeks ago. I'm having a hard time putting it down, but I do have uh, small children. I do have other obligations and responsibilities. So I haven't eaten it up in a few days like I used to prior to kids and marriage and just being an adult. But I tell you what, I have a hard time putting it down. And he's killing this book. He is killing it. Uh, It's the fifth book, the final one. And a lot of times you get to that last book in a series and if you've read enough of them, you probably feel a lot like I do. Like, oh gosh, is he going to just destroy this? Is this going to be horrible? Is he going to totally ruin the whole book with the ending? So far, not. Like I said, he's killing this. Uh, My wife and I are both reading this at the same time. And we were on our walk the other night talking about it. And the fourth book we were pretty disappointed with. Uh, He had to do a lot of plot building and just tying off things and character development. Um, So the fourth book was kind of... Annoying, and I hate to say that about a series I'm so excited about, but I just want to be honest. So, uh, the first three books in this series were incredible stimulating couldn't put him down the fourth book was kind of a disappointment but i get what he had to do he had to do it uh it it just it was rough folks anyway so we're walking we're talking about this book and he is he's just he's slaying this book it's awesome brent weeks can just spin a tale he does two things very well he he spins a tale he tells a great story and he can drop some truth bombs I mean, he's got wisdom and insight. He'll give he'll give speeches that just make you rise up, make you want to go to war. You know what I mean? Uh, He's good. He is a good author, and this tale has everything. It's got an intricate plot, lots of twists, uh, humor, lots of humor. I love clever dialogue. He does that very well. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you chuckle. It'll make you snort. It'll make you belly laugh. Uh, It's got depth and and great characters whom you can relate to. That's one thing about fantasy books. Fantasy, the genre in itself, does character development better than any other genre. And this series does it extremely well. And the world building is just cool too. One thing I, I really appreciate about fantasy authors is, is when they come up with a unique concept to how magic works, what magic is. You know, we have our traditional ideas of of quote-unquote magic, and uh, I mean, you're thinking like wizards and stuff, you know, King Arthur, Harry Potter, which which is great, but I just love it when authors kind of create their own, and, and in this book he does, uh, magic is created around light and seeing different colors on the color spectrum, and he kind of adds to some of those colors, and maybe... Maybe those colors are really there in real life. I don't know. Maybe he did some research. And there are other colors that the human eye can't see. But in this series, if you can see red, the color red correlates to, like, fire and heat. So you can do some pretty sweet magic. And, and each color you can see gives you a different, I don't know, element, for lack of a better word, that you can control. I, I, I'm not doing a good job of describing this magic. You'll have to read it. But I just think it's great. It's very unique, very cool. And it has to do with light. Obviously, the title of the series is Lightbringer. So before I spend too much time going into how magic works, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to let you dive in and and really just experience this book for yourself. But the story revolves around this kid, Kip. He has a mother who's an addict who doesn't treat him very well. Kip's got a rough life. He's a teenager at the start of the story and um, he's someone you can relate to. We've all, all of us have a story. All of us have had moments of embarrassment, of defeat, of shame. And Kip's a kid who's experienced a lot of that. He doesn't have a real high opinion of himself. Um, But this is kind of your classic coming of age story overcoming and uh, Kip's a lovable guy. Anyway, so Kip discovers that he can draft this magic. So he's going to this college. It's, it's kind of like a college. It's the Chromeria. Uh, he's going to travel there, and he's going to learn how to use this. He's going to learn how he can serve his country. And uh, on his way there, he ends up going into Blackguard training. And Blackguard training is as sweet as it sounds. They're like the Navy SEALs slash magic drafters of the Cromaria in this world. And so Kip goes through this hardcore training where he has to develop friendships and overcome his personal weaknesses. He goes through training, he goes through fighting school. It's just fantastic. You've got intrigue, and there's just a lot going on in this plot, and Kip has to learn to navigate the world, overcome, and on the way, he realizes, wow, I'm related to the most powerful man in the country. I know this sounds like your your classic overcoming, coming-of-age book, and it is, but it's so much more than that. I want to read you a couple quotes from it before we move on. Here's one that I, I love. He's talking to this gorgeous woman, obviously attracted to her, and it's awkward. He feels awkward and keeps just stumbling through this. And he's thinking to himself, here's the quote. One doesn't interrupt a beautiful girl unless one is going to be funny. You know, <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, Just to kind of show you some depth that Brett Weeks throws in there. Here's a quote. If you're not free to say no, your yes is meaningless. I just love this stuff. Bewildered as he might be, sometimes a man's highest calling is simply to stand and hug. And here's a a final one I'll just throw out. Evil is simple and empty. Evil has no mysterious depths. We stare into a dark hole and fill it with our fears. But it's only a hole. So there's just kind of a taste for you. Again, um, give this a chance. If you're looking for a good read, I promise you're not going to regret it. Now I do want to give you a heads up. This is uh, if I were to give it a rating like for a movie, it would definitely be R. There's a lot of adult themes, adult content, adult language. It's just a, a solid R-rated book. Uh, I mean you're talking about political intrigue, you're talking about war, you're talking about warriors, training. It's an R-rated book, so just know that and act accordingly. Now, without further ado, I want to get into the other book that I'm reading in my life now, and that's Rough Riders by President Theodore Roosevelt. And what a book. I'm literally about 20 pages into this book. I just opened it up. But it's got my heart pumping. Now, President Roosevelt starts out this book basically saying how his party had come into power. And one of the big platforms that they wrote on for election was that they needed to go to war. And here's what he says. He says, now that my party had come to power, I felt it incumbent on me by word and deed to do all I could to secure the carrying out of a policy in which I so heartily believed. And from the beginning, I had determined that if war came somehow or other, I was going to the front. Bam! Right? Right? that's exciting here's a man who believed so much in what he voted for that he was willing to sign up and go to war for it and not only just sign up but he wanted to be in the front this man believed so heartily in what he voted for what he spoke for that he was gonna do it he was gonna step out and act on what he spoke and that's a leader that's a real leader that's what a man or woman should be, someone who acts on what they say. And I love that. And so the first few pages, he's talking about how he joins up with the military and uh, he's given permission to form a regiment. And one of the things that I really liked about President Roosevelt, right off the bat, he says, hey, I, I shouldn't be in charge. I don't i don't have much experience in this, but I know a guy who does. And with him, I'd like to get this regiment rolling. So he's, he's humble even. He doesn't just want power. He doesn't just want to look like he knows what he's doing. Um, He wants to take a part, and he's a leader, so he wants to lead, but he's not foolish enough nor delusional enough to think he's got it all. He and a colleague of his who knows what he's doing, who's been here before, they get this regiment rolling. He only takes certain types of people. I love this. Here, let let me read to you what these types of people are like. Okay, here we go. Indeed, they all sought entry into the ranks of the Rough Riders as eagerly as if it meant something widely different from hard work, rough fare and the possibility of death. And the reason why they turned out to be such good soldiers lay largely in the fact that they were men who had thoroughly counted the cost before entering and who went into the regiment because they believed that this offered their best chance for seeing hard and dangerous service. Wow. Three things catch my attention. Number one, they counted the cost. How many of us today count the cost of whatever it is we do, whatever it is we say we believe in? Have we counted the cost? Have we really thought about what it takes to see this through? Whether it be uh, your religion, whether it be your political beliefs, whether it be, I mean, going to work and doing your job, whether it be being a father or a husband, or a wife, or a mother, have we thought about, have we counted the cost? What are we willing to to do in order to carry that out? What are we willing to give up in order to see that through? Counting the cost. Here these men are counting the cost. That's who we wanted. That's who we took. That's the kind of leader Theodore Roosevelt was. I love it. And And then, these men who had counted the cost, they didn't just want to sit back and be a part of the team. They wanted to get in there and earn it. They wanted to do their part. They didn't care if it was dangerous. Heck, they, they even sought it out. That's how much they believed in this. That's the kind of men they were. That's the integrity they had. And that's, that's what's really drawing me to this book. So I'm not going to get too much more into this book because, like I said, I'm 20 pages in. But that's what's exciting me about this. And so that's why I wanted to bring it up on my life now because in my life now, this book's pretty special. And I, I can't wait to um, finish it up. <laughs> anyway, hey, I get excited about books. You can probably tell that. I hope I hope today that maybe I'm leading you towards your next read because they're just great books. Again, that series I spoke about first was by Brent Weeks, and that's the Lightbringer series. He's got a couple other series, um, but this is the one that I'm currently reading in my life now. And then uh, this last book that I'm talking about is Rough Riders by President Theodore Roosevelt. Listen, I need to wrap this up for tonight, but I just want to thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. And I hope that I'm delivering something that captures your attention, maybe sparks your interest, or just gets you thinking. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning into My Life Now. And I hope you have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.